Hi, Hi everyone. everyone. I'm John. And I'm Georgia. And we're here inside your ears to talk about the mac and cheese of movies. This, this is, is Comfort, Comfort Films. Films. Hi everyone and welcome to week nine of Comfort <sighs> Films. Nine. Nine times. Nine times. If I can make a Ferris Bueller joke. You can. You can. I support that. I support that. I love that thing. Edie McClurg. Of course. Of course. She's amazing. Um, So this week, uh, we are starting off our Christmas series of four Christmas movies Mm -hmm. with the controversial movie Die Hard, which (laughs) many people will argue is not a Christmas movie. They will fight you to the death. But, uh, you know, we're going to discuss that in a couple minutes Mm -hmm. and uh, set up a case. Yep. If you don't know us, at least I certainly can be a bit of an annoying lawyer (laughs) with my argumentativeness. I wanted to be a lawyer first. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that? No. I did. I actually took my first, uh, like, government class, law class in college. And um, I just thought I was being a pain in the ass um, <laughs> just with arguing with the teacher. But the teacher thought it was fantastic. That's funny. Yeah. But I, I, I didn't continue with it. So I was like, geez, I don't know. I don't know about well, this. Well, I mean, you, you have a flair for drama. Oh, my God, I do. So you would have been good with, like, you know, the big case, like, trial lawyer oh, kind of a yes. thing? I would have loved to have been, like, John Larrick head in night court. You know? Yeah. That was my hero. That's great. I would have probably been more of, like, the lawyer who just writes an 80-page argument. Oh, yes. That just rips something completely to shreds. I can hear the music in the background just swelling, you know? While people are reading my brief. Yes. And, like, you know, that slow zoom onto you. Uh, And everyone's like, yeah! You know, be a guy, like, just... The slow clap. I wanted to be a defender, though. I didn't want to be a prosecutor like Dan Fielding. I wanted to be a defender. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I would have rather been a prosecutor. Whoa. I'm a bad, I'm a bad guy. No, no, this is good. I We're like gonna... Dan Fielding also, so. Yeah. But I wouldn't have been a prosecutor like Dan Fielding. Dan Fielding. But, you know, is... I just wanted to catch the bad guys. Yeah, that's what I did, too. I wanted to be, you know. But every... you wanted to, like, fight for the not bad guys. Right. I wanted to, like... Help the people out that needed a hand. Be like, hey, I got you. I got a spare tire. <laughs> you know, I can help you. I have a jack, too. So we But have... in like a government kind of way. <laughs> a government, a government jack. jack. Government jack and tire and maybe a oil change. You know, maybe I okay. could get that going. Though I don't I know, know nothing what that about has cars. to do with anything, <laughs> but I'm just going to say, all right, John. Yes, yes, please Because I'm a please. supportive person. I like that about you. <laughs> so we have Very every... non-prosecutor. Very non-prosecutor. <laughs> well, I feel like we have blown it so hard already. <laughs> um, we went off the cliff. I'm sorry. I just, I feel like I just, I keep fault starting like, uh-uh. It's uh, like, uh, 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 uh. No, uh, and I'll just like throw bigger wrenches in, you know, and like... just talk about cars, and <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't either. Okay, so we hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving week. Yes, we do. Um, unfortunately, I think we might have cursed ourselves Come by on. doing a planes, trains, and automobiles episode. Yeah. Before we went on a road trip, and mm-hmm. retrospect, that might not have been the best choice. No. Um, no. We might have uh, manifested some bad things. Yeah. We, um, yeah. We our uh, car didn't burn up, so we'll look no. on the bright side of that. My um, butt is not a whopper. No, that's yep. good. 
Um, but I did hurt my knee, and we had to cancel on like yeah. day one because I so bad. Well, I thought I also tore my calf. I oh. knew my knee was hurting, but then my calf started feeling like it was torn. Which is not fun. I've had that happen before. And then Georgia wanted to keep going like a trooper on the vacation, yeah. even though she could barely walk. And she's just like <laughs> in increasing pain. <laughs> like and hobbling. Just, oh, so bad. Had I to was, get a cane from CVS. Yeah. Didn't want to oh. give up, but yeah. No, I didn't needed. want to. But we had to give up uh, yeah. and we came home. Which turned out to be a good thing, because then on Friday I had a major vertigo attack, <laughs> which I'm still dealing with. Ah, uh, yes. If I fall off the chair in the closet, at least there's not a lot of places to fall. We need, like, a cocoon for you, you know, just to be safe <laughs> and uh, help you out I know, I know. But, and I'll, like, uh, bring you some food. I'll be I like have a... this sometimes, but I don't know what happened to trigger it this time. Probably sinus problems, but... Mm. You know, again, I hope that other people didn't have that experience on Thanksgiving. I hope that other yeah. people didn't eat a dinner of frozen pizza on Thanksgiving. No. <laughs> I, I just try to push up my glasses. That <laughs> you aren't wearing. Correct. Yeah, Great. I wanted to bring that up. I used to do that when I wore contacts as well, and I would just poke myself in the eye. Because I don't push my glasses up at the bridge of my nose. I push my glasses up on the corner mm. of, like, the right-hand corner. Okay. So if I was doing that with no glasses... You see, that would just go right into my eyeball. That would hurt. Yeah, I've done it uh, quite a few times. That would hurt. I don't, like, you know, suggest that anybody do it. But no. anyway. So, yeah, with the vertigo, maybe I'll remember what words are and maybe I won't because the medicine is pretty strong. So. <laughs> and I also was uh, still enjoying a lot of sinus problems. So yes. I could I could do my part. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, we could all do our part to stay in bed, immobilized, basically. Yeah. And then John kind of got a sympathy knee pain. Oh my God! After yeah. a few days, and started having to wear a brace too. So yeah, I slipped on yeah. the on our stairs. There was like some old pine needles, and I was kind of hauling down the stairs, and I slipped with my left foot, and I was like, "Oh my God, I'm going down the stairs!" And then I caught it with the right foot, and I kind of pulled the back i'm like my right leg you know like right behind the knee and then my left knee was like ouch and uh yeah yeah and yeah. it was because we had a santa Ana windstorm oh my which, god and the power went out yes the power went power out the went day out. before thanksgiving i'm forgetting the entire litany of miseries that we went through we went through a lot yeah the power went out at like three in the morning mm -hmm. and someone in our building or in the building next door had a machine that must have been alerting that the power was off, like a CPAP or breathing, yeah. whatever. And it would just beep like three or four times every 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was a carbon monoxide alarm because yeah, the internet did. told me this and, information. And then we smelled something and we were like, we got to go. And Well, because when there's Santa Ana winds, there could be fires. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, yeah, it could happen. Mm -hmm. So we were being cautious, but... At the same time, we were also probably delirious because mm. I was in severe pain yeah. with my knee. And we were also very mad that we had to cancel our vacation wow, still. Yeah. And we were scared because the wind was like rattling the windows. And I mean, you know, our place is, al there's always light. There's always a lot of light pollution. Yeah. And when everything is out, you just hear rattling windows. It's scary. Yeah. And this intermittent beep. And then you kind of smelled something that you thought was burning. Ah! Yeah, there's not. It was pretty bad, and then the power didn't come on again until maybe 10 a.m. or something. Was it? it was pretty late. 
It was, maybe it was 8.30 And we were mostly asleep. Yeah. We were mostly awake the whole night, listening to the beeping. We were just, we Our were Our phones scared. were almost dead. Yeah. We had, like, a lot of, of tragedies. It felt like a survival horror film. It, it was not cool. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, uh, that was Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> we're thankful that that has passed, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I will not have vertigo and be able to not take crazy person's medicine that's making me feel nuts. I sincerely hope so. You need a break in a good way. Not like a yeah. heartbreak. Like, not a... <laughs> you, I mean, you need a break, pal. No, not you a you're good. broken. Correct. Don't get out of bed. Um, but yeah. So anyway, we're back here. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to do our podcast. Anyway, we got that. Um, and yeah, Die Hard. It's going to be a fun one. So, if you've listened to us before, you are well aware at this point that we do spoilers a movie during the discussion. So, please uh, be aware of that. And if you haven't watched Die Hard, we strongly suggest you go do that before you come back and listen to us talking about it. Please. Uh, And so, I'm going to go ahead and read a synopsis. Die Hard is a 1988 action thriller directed by John McTiernan, starring Bruce Willis. Willis plays tough-as-nails New York cop John McClane, who travels to Los Angeles on Christmas Eve to visit his estranged wife, Holly, played by Bonnie Bedelia, and their two children. John attends the Nakatomi Corporation Christmas Party and the company Skyscraper to see Holly at her place of business. As the party rages on, a group of thieves led by Hans Gruber, played by Alan Rickman, take the building by force and hold all the employees hostage. John McClane finds himself in the wrong place at the wrong time and single-handedly must save the day. Da-da-da! And I just want to say that the wrong place at the wrong time, in this case, is a toilet, I think, because he's in the bathroom. He, he, uh, he ends up in a toilet. (laughs) But he, like... (laughs) Well, he has his shoes off. He's in the, he's in the bedroom. He's doing his feet fists that the guy told him to do but he had just been in the bathroom when holly gets called away real i thought he was always just in the actual bedroom i knew he was in the bathroom when it went i'm pretty sure it's a bathroom oh wow okay i missed that it's like a office with a bathroom next to it i get caught up in the whole feet thing because like doing your feet and balls and walking around on the floor i actually tried it and and it really worked for me so every time that part comes on i have flat feet they always are super sore I'm like, oh, wow, he's getting relief. And I'm, like, really happy for him. I don't him. know. For me, it's no good. I have the weird long second toe. Mm. And uh, my poor second toe is always kind of crunched up because it's oh. longer than my other toes. We need to I don't, rub it or I don't, well, I don't all, know what we do to it. It's but. all bruised up right now because I always drop things and hit my foot. Our fridge drops things on us all the time. You open the door, you're getting something (laughs) heavy in the foot. It just throws it at you. Yeah, it's just like, here you go, sport. I mean, it's kind of like the Zool fridge from Ghostbusters. (laughs) There are no creatures in there. You You don't know that. Yeah, well, that was my uh, my pathetic attempt at the Bill Murray impression. I always like (laughs) that. There's certainly no creatures in there. Oh, God. That was a really horrible impression. (laughs) You guys really mess out on John's really really awful impressions oh they're piss poor yeah yeah he can do like maybe two (laughs) that was not one of them don't put it on the list (laughs) like well i could do an accent but i have to like be super focused in and just do that and nothing else and then like that's the only voice i can do like i forget my own voice because i'm like in on this voice i remember one time we went to visit your family 
and you know i was down there and everybody has an accent and i just kind of i don't know i just kind of picked it up i didn't mean to and then people thought i was from down where you live and i was like what yeah so, no, yeah you do pick it up i mean i do the same thing i think kind of anybody does like when i was maybe 14 or 15 yeah we went and lived with our friend's family outside of New Orleans for a week. Mm -hmm. And we hung out with a lot of people that are from Chalmette, Louisiana. Okay. Which has a very specific, like, weird, almost like valley girl kind of accent. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't know okay. how, why. Mm -hmm. But people from Chalmette have a very specific accent. And we were hanging around with these people all week, and I really started talking like I was from Chalmette. Okay. Chalmette? I don't but know. That's that really weird. It's weird. That sounds fun. That Talk sounds... to people from Chalmette. You'll see what I mean. Give us a little more of the Chalmette. No, I really can't. Cause, oh. But they call them Chalmations. Chalmations? Yeah. I don't know. Like Chalmations. My friends called them Chalmations. Wow. Is that like a Disney no. What? No? But, well, it's just like, you know how Boston people are Bostonians and oh. New Orleansans. I don't know what you call them. New, or New Orleanians. New That's, yeah. <laughs> I think I would have gone that way. Angelinos. We're Angelinos. But the people from Chalmette, were, they were calling them Chalmatians. Like, Chalmatians. Yes, like Dalmatians, but Chalmatians. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. I mean, this is something new. Fun fact. Yeah, very much. And I always like when people do like a different voice like that. Like, if I really had anything good I could give you, you know, aside from that Bill Murray, which oh, I know just stunning. killed everyone out there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm always impressed because when people have that kind of skill. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay, so back to Die Hard. Mm -hmm. Why did you choose this as a comfort film? Not for Christmas necessarily, but just in general as a comfort film. Die Hard was an action movie that I always would play at home. I had it um, on this VHS tape. We're going back to the days of old. Let's uh, let's get in the time machine. <laughs> so we're going back. We're going back. Okay, so we have the, the VCR. We have the HBO preview weekend. <laughs> and, you know, I have my whole slate of films. You're 11 at Correct. the time. I'm just, I am You're taking loving care life. of it. Say, yeah, it was really, really strong. Maybe I was, I, I never know the age. I just remember sitting there and I was like, oh, yeah. I just did the math because you put that it was 1988 mm -hmm. in the synopsis. So I just did the math. Okay. If that's, I never knew what the release dates were back in the days of old. Yeah. I didn't know if it was longer or. It like, doesn't... until it came on TV, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I think it was still, like, I don't know, maybe it was a little bit longer, but I don't think it was, like, a year. I don't, I just don't remember. I don't, re I feel like sometimes things were short. Okay. It's Okay. So, I, I have this VHS tape, and, you know, you used to be able to get three movies on a tape. You know, you really wanted to make that happen. And Die Hard was the number three spot on the VHS tape, Okay. <laughs> So, you know, I, I set it to tape late at night because at this point there was mastery of the VCR programming. You finally figured it out. Correct. I was a Jedi Knight of VCR <laughs> programming. And uh, so I go to check it out and uh, I watch it, you know, the next day after it taped. And uh, we go through the whole movie and I was like, ooh, ooh, do you think I have enough tape left? Because... The other things on here were kind of long. Mm. So there, there was the fear that gripped yes. me. 
So as the fear gripped me, I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm watching the movie, kind of white knuckling it. You know, still enjoying the movie, but still like, ooh, am I going to make it? And we make it to the very end. You know, the credits come up. I'm like, oh, right, we did it. You know, and they're playing Let It Snow. And I'm like really getting into Let It Snow. And then the tape just stops oh, no. and automatically rewinds. But, I mean, in the grand scheme At of things... At least you made it through. Exactly. I got the movie. If I didn't get the movie, then it would be like, oh, buddy. You know, you yeah. blew your your HBO weekend. But that was like a... Oh, yeah. oh, God. When is it that. coming back? You can't know? do that. No. I mean, that's like, a, that's like a, a friend that you see. And a new videotape costs like a mint. I, look, we had so many. We had so many tapes. But that that's what I, I would think about. Um, I, I, I just, just sorry to interrupt. Sure, but I remember one time I had rented a few movies from the the video store, mm -hmm. another bygone thing that no longer exists. Yeah, um, and this particular video store would tell you how much the tape would cost to replace. Oh man, I know about it. that. Yeah, oh, yeah. so. We rented a couple of old horror movies or something, because that's what I would rent. Mm -hmm. And then we rented one new release. And the new release said that if we lost the tape, that it would cost like $100 yes. to replace. And just thinking back about, first of all, how much $100 was back then. Yeah, yeah. Second of all, a videotape. I can't even imagine a videotape being worth $100 now. Although we did buy... Scarface on DVD or something. Oh, yeah. And you paid like $100 I, for I it. I paid $100. was out of print. I look back on that. I'm like, what did you do, buddy? Yeah. I, uh, I, I did it. I'm one of those jokers that I'm like, I just want to get it. I want to get it before it goes up again. Oh, cinema. I need it. So <laughs> like they're not going to re-release Scarface. It, and that's the, that's the thing. <laughs> like now I'm like, okay, cool it out, kid. You're fine. <sighs> so catch this. I actually have a quick horror story. Yes. We had a movie called Full Moon Over Blue Water. I remember the title. Okay. We had that movie and our VCR was acting up. We kept like bringing it back to the this uh, video repair place that also rented tapes and they kept saying they fixed it they changed the heads they changed this they changed that but it didn't unfortunately really fix it uh so this vhs that we had was not from them unfortunately it's from this other store oh my god look at me dimension video huh. look at that okay so we had this and it ate the tape and we brought it I back know. And, you know, we're like, look, sorry, you know, the VCR just ate it. We went there, you know, all the time. And they're like, okay, it's $89.99 to replace up. it. Oh, yes. Oh, I yes. I cannot deal. I was like, oh, my God, never getting a tape again. Is that movie even good? We don't know. We're I, gonna all say I remember not, but... is that it, the tape was eaten. And, mm. like, whenever I see the title, I believe it had Gene Hackman... Terry Gar and maybe William Hickey, mm. if I'm remembering cor correctly. Uh, I think it came out uh, late 80s, early 90s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think it was an indie movie. But, mm. you know, if I see the title, that's enough. I You're don't, like don't want to remember. Totally. But, okay, so Die Hard. Why did I pick Die Hard? It was an amazing action movie. And it was something that brought in Christmas, which I love. It brought in, you know, Bruce Willis. This is what made him the action star. Yeah. You know, he had the quick one-liners. And he really had some, like, really strong 
acting chops. Yeah. Because there's the scene where, you know, he's on the, the walkie-talkie in the bathroom, and he's taking the glass out of his foot, and he's talking to Sergeant Al Powell, played by Reginald Vell Johnson, and Reginald Vell Johnson says that, you know, he once, you know, accidentally shot a kid in the line of duty because he thought the kid had a, a real gun. And, you know, it's a very, very heavy scene. And then you see, you know, Bruce Willis and, oh, man, you like are like, oh, He's my really God. Acting. He's really Yeah, he really goes for it. Like, you really feel it. And I was like, wow. And so, it's not like a, I mean, like, because we had a lot of other action movies mm -hmm. at the time that were great. Yeah, yeah. Like Schwarzenegger. We mm -hmm. love a lot of Schwarzenegger movies. Yeah. But the dude isn't really like an actor, actor. Like well, he's, Terminator 2. Terminator 2. I, I mean, but he's still just kind of a robotic. But it's super it impressive. It works. He could, he could cock the shotgun and drive a motorcycle. I can't drive a bicycle, bro. I am not. <laughs> I am in no way insulting Arnold Schwarzenegger's abilities. Yeah. I'm just saying they do not lean toward the dramatic acting side I, of things. I, I got to think, like, if we go back, I mean, I, the thing that I always think of, and I mean, boy, am I getting off topic, is Predator, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that is, that but that's is. still like, not a dramatic no, acting moment. But that what? is the best acting uh, that you can get. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. Okay. Yes. Bruce Willis, acting plus action. Yes. Schwarzenegger, giant dude. Mm-hmm. Nobody had that kind of a physique. Yep. That's what he could bring. Conan. He Conan was also very funny. Yeah. Like, Schwarzenegger's hilarious. funny. Yeah. But, like, not an actor. When Valeria dies in Conan the Barbarian, I remember feeling it. Okay. Well, I'd have to watch that again, which this I'm sure we will. Definitely. Watch that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but I don't think I felt it because of Schwartzy. It's, well, this one, okay, I will say this. Die Hard is, is the one that I remember, you know, oh my gosh, take a look at this. We've got this guy that, that literally can just transition smoothly from one thing to the next. Yeah. And that was it. So why is it a comfort film? Because the guy's a good actor. I mean, I think it's because for me, it was like the, a bridge. It's you know? a good story. It has a lot of, you know, suspense. Yeah. Even without not knowing if your VCR tape recorded the whole thing. <laughs> right. But I mean, that really added an extra level for you. The thriller was ratcheted up. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I for me, it's like, I think it, because, again, I told you when I was younger, there was a lot of action movies that I watched. And seeing an action movie where the guy really has this heart and he has these skills, you know, because I, I knew I wanted to perform from when I was a kid. And when I saw this, that I was like, wow, you can do it all. This was very, very exciting for me. Yeah. You know, it was like it was like a turning point with action movies. And honestly, you know, I still am down if it's just one-liners and everything blowing up. But if you bring in, you know, these heavy-duty acting chops, it's like, wow. It's like an extra layer. Yeah, and it, but everything. It was like, you know, I watched it with my dad. We loved it. You know, it was a thing where it was a real bonding moment for fathers and sons. I remember, you know, I was in grade school, and um, my buddy... He's like, my dad just took me to die hard. You know what I mean? You know, and it was it was a thing. It was a bonding moment with fathers and sons. And, and my dad and I loved it. And we watched all 
that kind of stuff. Yeah, this is a very, like, manly kind of a movie. Yeah. Because not only, you know, he also isn't, like, the super jacked dude like a Schwarzenegger or, like, later on, I feel like we would have these Van Damme movies mm -hmm. where he's, like, a family man. Oh, yeah. But he's also ripped. Dude, he is so ripped. Like, blood sport. <laughs> and he's, like, doing the stupid splits on everything and whatever. Oh, yeah, the splits. I loved Van Damme. Again, not insulting cool. this guy. He's great. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, this is, like, a real person, like, if you just look at him. Yeah. He looks like a regular kind of guy. Bruce Willis is not, like, super ripped and jacked in this. He's in shape. Yeah. He has to be to do all the stuff. But it's not like he looks nuts, like he just spends all day at Gold's, like, hammering down weights. He's like a regular dude. Yeah, and he's a blue-collar guy. He's yeah. got a job. He's got this wife with, you know, marriage problems and the kids and everything. Um, you know, I mean, I think that the everyman kind of quality of him in this. And also it ties back to, like, the Western hero kind of oh, guy. Yeah. Obviously they're hanging a lampshade right on that the whole time. Um, I think that that's appealing to guys. Well, I think that that's a guys movie. It is. Well, and again, it's like all of these action stars, you know, you, you think about Clint Eastwood. My dad was a huge Charles Bronson fan. You know, he liked Lee Marvin and there was this real stoicism with these guys. Yeah. And, you know, and again, like I said, you see, you know, a tough guy expressing some emotion I, it was just like, all right, cool. You know what I mean? It's cool to have emotions. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I don't know. For me, again, that's that's it. I laughed. I cried. Um, better than Cats. I mean, Cats is its own entity. No, I didn't cry okay. either. I was but just going to make sure. It was all I could have. I mean, because I was really excited. I mean, and Bruce Willis, I <laughs> mean, man, he looked like he was he was going to cry. Well, I mean, the, the movie Cats, I mean, that's that's its own episode. I <laughs> that's, that's I just got confused as to where we ended up with Cats. But... Well, that, you remember the old saying? It's like, again, ancient sayings. Laughed, cried, it was better than Cats. Oh, no, I've never heard that. Oh, really? I'm uh, sheltered. Ah, no, you're not. But no, that yeah, that's like a <laughs> I am kind that's of. like an old one. You know what I mean? That's no, like when I'm... people be like, oh, you know. I guess that must have been a reference to like Broadway in the eighties. Yeah, it was like you know because Cats was the big thing and it had this huge run. I think it was at the Winter Garden Theater and they would always be talking about oh. it on television. I've never and, heard any of this. I don't think I watched the same television. I don't know who originated the phrase, but it was definitely a phrase. You know, I would say eighties, nineties, uh, yeah. Okay. That was it. So that that's I, where I, I was I get headed. where it's going, but I've never had heard it, so. Yeah. Thank you. I've learned something today. <laughs> so that, in a very jumbled, convoluted way, is why I picked Die Hard. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think of it as a Christmas movie? I guess I should open this by saying we could have debated... You know, and assign somebody is for and somebody is against. We got but, a prosecutor and a defender right here. Well, that's here, true. You know? yeah. However, I didn't think it was that fair, since I'm pretty sure we're both firmly in the yes camp that this is a Christmas movie. Absolutely. So it didn't seem super fair to force one of us to argue mm -hmm. against our own feelings that this is not a Christmas movie. Yeah. I guess, you know, I've never was on the debate team and had to like force myself to argue against something I believed in. That was... would have been why I would have been a very bad lawyer. Because why? if I had gotten... If I was a defense attorney and I knew that my 
client did it, mm-hmm. I would not be able to defend them properly. Yeah. And if I was a prosecutor and I was just trying to close the case and I didn't believe that the person did it, yeah, I would probably quit. So I would be a lawyer for like one day <laughs> and then I'd be like, oops, I just wasted a lot of years in school because I cannot do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a values problem. So yeah, I, 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 I can't really sit here and spend 30 minutes telling you why Die Hard is not a Christmas movie because Die Hard is super a Christmas movie. It takes place on Christmas Eve. That's I mean, point one. It takes place on Christmas Eve. The soundtrack has, like, at least half Christmas songs. Yep. Okay. Yep. There's Christmas decorations in every shot. It, it A lot of them, yeah. 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 Um, what else? It's a Christmas party. Yes. Um, it's about a family mm-hmm. coming back together. I'll be home for Christmas. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's tons of references to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Just ho, about, ho, ho, now yeah. I have a machine gun, right? Or you're, is it now I have a machine gun, ho, ho, ho? Now I have a I, machine gun, ho, ho. You're uh, stepping on my favorite line for Oh, later. no. Sorry. It's too late. All right. <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> the Christmas miracle, like uh, Alan Rickman, as Hans Gruber says that something's a Christmas miracle. Like, and also, you know, this is my joke, like, People are very religious, constantly saying Jesus Christ and Mary, Mother of God. And, yeah. No. In vain, but um, you have another good point too, which I hope you bring up. You mentioned it to me. Um, I don't know. Well, well, let me say my last one that I was thinking about, which is that one of your, one of the most despicable characters, who is not one of the terrorist thief people, is Ellis, mm-hmm. um, the ridiculous coworker, yeah, who keeps trying to like you know get Bonnie Bedelia to go out with him, even though she's married to our hero. What the heck? And he also is like saying, oh, we could go do this. We could do this. And she's like, but it's Christmas, you know, and she keeps trying to draw him back. He has no respect for Christmas and we are led to really hate him. He, he does, uh, he does, uh, go through a lot of snow. However. Yes, that is true. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Let it snow right up his nose. Yeah, like, I really like the fact that Alice can just be, like, you know, riding these rails in his boss's <laughs> office. And, and the it's boss no... is fine yeah, with it's it. it's like, oh, Alice. Mr. Takagi's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't mind. Boys will be boys. What are you going to do? <laughs> Mr. Takagi, you know, is very level-headed. He's much too level-headed for this movie. Well, this party. He's too level-headed for this party. Yeah, it doesn't make sense how he's so cool about it. Like, I think anything really could have happened in there, and Mr. Takagi would be like, all right. I mean, the only thing, that's why they had to kill him, because he couldn't, you know, he he just was too cool. He would have been fine. He would have been like, oh, you want to steal the $600 million in bearer bonds? Have at it. Bearer bonds. Everybody <clears throat> loved bearer bonds. I don't even know what that is. I still I, don't. I literally looked it up to understand just because of this. Basically, it just means the bearer owns the bonds. So. Wow. I, I don't. I don't know. Look it up on Wikipedia. I thought it was Barra Bonds, like Bear there's some kind, like B A R A Bonds, like uh, it was like 
Barabons. I don't I know. I had to look it up. I think I looked I looked it up after I watched this movie at one point, but I don't feel like getting into all the deets. Well, did you say, here's the other thing you said the other day, yeah. which is, and, and this is very straightforward, <laughs> and I never thought about it, Holly. Oh, yeah. Holly Gennaro. The wife's name is Holly. Hello. Mm -hmm. Right. There's your Christmas right there. And the movie is set in L.A., so one thing that happens a lot in Christmas movies is that it starts snowing. Like, in It's a Wonderful Life, when George, like, comes back to life, mm -hmm. it starts snowing again. And he's, like, running through the snow, going back home. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> unless it stops snowing, now I'm confusing myself. I don't know. At I just rate. agreed. I was like, yeah, yeah. Be the yes <laughs> man. And in my head, I see him on a bridge. I know. I'm like, like ah. wait, did it stop or did it start? I can't remember. Either way, either way, I thought that it was snowing because I thought that he was running back in the snow, mm -hmm. but I could just be crazy. Anyway, in many, many Christmas movies, there's snow. Well, this is set in L.A. There's no snow. Well, there is for Ellis. But, <laughs> I mean, like, there's no climatological snowing that takes place during the movie, but at the end of the movie, when they're walking out of the building to get into the limo with Argyle to go home, yep. there's all this white paper flying down from the building, falling like snowiness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they kind of have like a snow analog. I mean, it's this is a Christmas movie. The number of references to Christmas... You know, I guess the argument could be, well, it wasn't released at Christmas, which is right. correct because it was released in July. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what else was not released at Christmas? Miracle on 34th Street was released in June. Do you want to tell me that Miracle on 34th Street is not a Christmas movie? I hear you. Because I don't think you do. Well, there's also, I mean, isn't, uh, they do this for the, the soldiers, right? Christmas in July. Isn't that That's a thing? That's true. It is a thing. Well, they do, the Christmas in July is a big thing. In general. Yeah. But, you know, most of the time, blockbuster-type movies are released in the summer. Mm -hmm. So, studios will move the movie to the summer, even if it's a Christmas-themed movie, because they think it's going to make more money in the summer. Well, and doesn't he have, in, in the final scene, John McClane has the gun taped to his back with, like, holiday kind with, of... Like, yeah. It's holiday tape. tape. Yeah. yeah. But aren't there like little Santas? Or yes, something? I believe so. Maybe trees, or something. Yeah, I think he got it from like the shipping room. They probably were wrapping things in holiday wrap. Makes sense. But yeah, so you know, and we have the crazy Christmas party with the crazy oh. work people. It, it, it's just like I mean, were parties like that back I in don't, the eighties? I if so, I'm so glad that I didn't go to any. I'm glad that I wasn't an adult having to go to a Christmas party in the eighties. I went to some Christmas parties that got. A little wild, but like for work, yeah. But well, but, no, I know where you worked. So yeah, but well, whole. Here's the thing: as wild as things got, it was like, I don't know, maybe like a, a at best, at best, a fourth of what they were cooking <laughs> well, off. Because these Nakatomi. people are like raging out drinking. Oh yeah, they're yeah, they're snorting coke. <laughs> They're having sex. They're having sex in the, like, break room, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Like, or in the bathroom. I don't even remember. They're, like, trying like... to go into that bathroom that John McClane is on. 
<laughs> I mean, it's there's a lot of happenings that well, I'm really glad I need. I'd like need no part of that at work. Here's another thing. Going back to Ellis, doesn't Ellis actually ask for a can of Coke? Do you remember he's sitting there right before Rickman shoots him? I thought somebody brought in a drink for him. I think they do, yeah. Is it a Coke? Yeah, it is a Coke. Ellis. Yeah. Ellis. Do you know what I mean? Ellis. That son of a bitch. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he is he is He's just, the worst, but he's like the the guy's like the best of being the worst. He's like he's like if Dan Fielding hit rock bottom and then like drove well, no, actually, just like drilled all the way to hell. You know what I mean? That's, and just did coke the whole way, just a line of coke to hell through the bedrock. You know? Oh gosh, Alice. Anyway, yeah. Anyway. So that uh, that wraps the Christmas film thing. I think that we can very firmly say that for us, this is a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. This time, I was super paying attention, like I said, because I'm trying to form my arguments. Sure. Yeah. But you know, on top of that. It's a traditional movie for people to watch at Christmas. You know, maybe not everyone, but I know certain people who literally say this is their favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, and, well, and the family gets together at the end. You know, yeah. it's like Holly and John get back, and then the family's going to be back together, and it's it's going to be good. Yeah. You know? They overcome all the bad stuff, and they're going to have this family Christmas. Yeah. It's it's just so such a it, nice it's, movie. It's, it's a, a nice movie. It's a nice. It's baby. a nice movie. You know, it's, it's a, a nice, nice movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, some <laughs> accent work. I don't know. I don't know what that. I don't was think either. it's going to get me any jobs. I did one too, and we don't want to revisit it. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Die Hard is. I mean, what would make it not a Christmas movie? Because it's an action movie. If it took place, I mean, uh, Lethal at Weapon. Easter. Lethal Weapon is an action movie that's also a Christmas movie. Yep. Yep. I mean, not that. I mean, maybe we're opening a can of worms on that now because people i don't hear arguing for lethal weapon as being a christmas movie but we think it is yeah so i do i mean you you have the christmas tree you have the um i gotta go back but it's like um oh god we might talk about lethal weapon in the future i don't want to get off yeah 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 on a lethal weapon tangent but i would say you know it's another christmas set action movie off the cuff i would say yes yes yeah so, you know, I, I think that this fits as a Christmas movie, and it's great to have a Christmas movie that's also an action movie. Yeah, it opens it up. Because it's something different, you know? You get to have a little suspense with your Christmas. Yeah, it's like, ooh, and then like, <laughs> ho, 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 ooh, I don't, I don't think, <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't know, that I don't know like what movie I watched. That was impression of my grandmother, though. <laughs> You love saying ooh. I do, I do. I just Mama Wren. My grandma's name when we called her Mama Wren. That's a cool name. John's impression is Ooh, hi Mama Wren. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, that is a ooh. <laughs> ooh. Oh, she was a if great anybody woman. watches Adventure Time, he thinks that my grandma was a lot like tree trunks. Yes. From Adventure Time. Without all the creepiness. Without the weird part. Yeah, yeah. But just the way that tree trunks talks. Ooh. ooh. Some tree trunks. Yeah, that's good. So, I mean, when did you first see Die Hard, Georgia? Well, I, again, unlike you, I don't have, like, these um, photographic memories for the first time I saw movies. Okay. I don't really think I saw this until I was much older. Okay. Possibly I saw it when I was a teenager, but I don't know if I just wasn't really into movies as much at the time. 
I just remember being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I Ooh. saw Die Hard, I kind of gave it the yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. I was just was like, yeah, yeah, it's a movie, whatever. I can't believe you, yeah, I, yeah, I, like, yeah, kind of yeah. wasn't, like, a huge Bruce Willis booster hmm. at the time. I just, like, didn't know who he was. I didn't really think about it that much. You didn't do Moonlighting? I didn't. No, I didn't watch Moonlighting. Um, Blind Date was on Comedy Central, like, incessantly when Larry I was Kett. a senior in high school, uh, college. Yeah. And I would just see the commercial for it all the time, and I hated it because of that. Oh, There's no. a lot of movies that I really hated because there were too many commercials for them on Comedy Central. I watched but, Back to School, I don't even know how many times, on Comedy Central in college. See, when I was in, when I was a senior in college, I watched Comedy Central all the time. Mm-hmm. For the stand-up, because I was really into stand-up. Yeah. And I would just end up seeing commercials for whatever movie they were going to show, and they would show the commercials until you wanted to, like, keel over and die. Yeah, yeah. So there's a number of movies that I saw so many commercials for that I couldn't stand it anymore. Mm -hmm. And some of them are, like, now some of my favorite movies. One in particular was Office Space. Office Space? I didn't want to yes. see I didn't want to see it. I refused to watch Office Space because I saw the commercial so many times. That I hated it. But anyway, I, I digress it. a lot. Well, and Blind, Blind Date. Date. I loved Blind Date. I had seen it yeah. a million times, and I was, like, really big on Blind Date. Again, another issue is that my dad really liked Bruce Willis. Oh. And I had a kind of a thing growing up. My dad and I are kind of, like, polar opposites in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Even our birthdays are as far apart as they can be. Mine's on January 3rd, and his is on July 3rd. Okay. So my birthday is his half birthday. Okay. And vice versa. Wow, I never thought um, about that. Yeah, no, we're totally opposite in so many, so many, so many ways. Mm -hmm. And this was one of them, like, when I was a little kid, I straight up hated the show Chips because my dad liked it. Yeah. And I was like, ugh, Chips. So <laughs> I probably felt that way about Bruce Willis for something like, ugh. If my dad really likes Bruce Willis and really likes Die Hard, then I'm probably going to hate it. So I kind of just didn't really... It's not that I saw it and hated it. I just kind of didn't see it yeah. until much later. And then, of course, much later, I also started liking a whole bunch of the stuff my dad really likes. Mm -hmm. Like, my dad loves martial arts type movies. Yeah. I adore martial arts movies and I can't get enough. They're awesome. Um, especially, like, the original, like ones in japan and china and stuff like i really like the asian uh, martial arts movies my dad is kind of more of a chuck norris guy okay and i'm not necessarily a chuck norris guy okay. but like we both liked van damme stuff we both liked um you know those types of 90s action movies Seagal. i don't know if we really watched Seagal. i'm sure my dad did and i kind of do too mm -hmm. but more was a joke but like <laughs> <laughs> um, and my dad probably liked Charles Bronson movies. I'm sure he and your dad could have really sat down Everybody and done a Bronson marathon. Oh, yeah. Bronson's a little harsh for me, I gotta tell you. He's, I'm just he's like, like, zoinks, this is too much for me, because that's not the 70s and I can't deal with this. He is, like, smooth and hard all at the same time. Yeah, he's super tough. Mm -hmm. Like, he is, he's, like, not taking any prisoners. But no, anyway. No, he's not. So... Yeah, and also Star Trek. My dad loves Star Trek. I adore Star Trek, mm -hmm. um, and I hated it when I was a kid because my dad liked it. I was like, oh, if he likes it, I'm not going <laughs> to like it. But he liked Next Generation, 
And I kind of was like, eh, but then it grew on me later after I already loved the original series. Okay. So that's my story. Um, Die Hard, I probably saw it in high school at some point, um, but I didn't really remember it. I don't really remember watching it that much until you and I got together and then we started watching it together. I started and pushing it on you. <laughs> No, but I have... <laughs> Take the diehard, George. Well, I'm going to say something really nice. Oh, nice. So accept it. Okay. Um, you make me like a lot of things because I watch it with you and it's fun. Aww. So I will watch something before and just kind of been like, yeah, okay, it's good, maybe whatever. But when I watch it with you, I have a lot of fun because we really engage with the movie and we really talk about it and it makes me have more memories around the movie and makes me like it more. So, I would say that's probably my response to Die Hard. And also, like, completely unrelated, I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm -hmm. And Jake from Brooklyn Nine-Nine loves Die Hard so much. It's like his favorite movie. Mm -hmm. And all these references to Die Hard are woven throughout that series. And it was always hilarious to me um, just how much he loved Die Hard. And that's why I also said to you, like, I do think it was like a guy movie because I feel like a lot of guys, especially of your generation, mm -hmm. that's kind of like your like classic m masculine, like Western type movie or something. Yeah. With like a strong male role model type person in the lead. So whatever that means. Well, it's I mean, John McTiernan directed it. Okay, and he did three in a row that were just bona fide classics. Right before this, he did Predator. Okay, I didn't even know he did Predator, so yes. I ha don't have all these facts. Yeah, he directed Predator before Die Hard, and then after that, you know, after Die Hard, he did Hunt for Red October. Oh, wow. And those are different kinds of movies, so they're all, like, really, I love Predator. Predator, it's that's going to happen here, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You son and of then, a bitch. <laughs> Hunt for Red October is a great, like, thriller. It's, I, yeah, I will watch that anytime. Really suspenseful. Great movie. Also great didn't movie. see that until I watched it with you, and okay. I don't think that was until, like, two years ago or something. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm influencing. I told you I was sheltered, and you're like, no. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I like this, though. You get to see the stuff, you have fun with me, yeah, and then we talk about it. Yes, we do. Oh, I like that. So, who's your favorite character in this movie? My favorite character in this movie would have to be Mr. John McClane. Well, I mean, that's an that's, easy pick. That's eh? an easy pick, because just like I said, it was a hilarious character, you know, and it was a, a fully fleshed out character. He does have the one-liners for Miles. Yeah. Yeah. Very but, funny, but also very normal and real, like family man. He can switch the gears seamlessly. And just everything that happens in this movie with him, you remember. You remember him being in the vents, you know? Now I know what a TV dinner feels like. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's right? a great line. Oh, it's so well, good. Well, and he's so resourceful, mm -hmm. right? Because he's just there, and all he has is, like, his pistol. Yeah. His service pistol or whatever. And yet, he's, like, in this crazy skyscraper fighting this team of, like, trained terrorist thieves. I know they're not 
actually terrorists in this movie, but they are terrorists. Yeah, it's it's like I'm, I'm with you. I always want to say terrorists, but like no, they're actually thieves. I mean, are they terrorist thieves? Well, I, don't I mean, know. but Gruber is a terrorist. He just doesn't happen to be. This is he's got his non-terrorist hat on. <laughs> he wears know, he, many hats. He has a killer hat collection. Yes, no question. He's and, not wearing his terrorist hat during yeah. this movie, but he is a terrorist. He would buy so many hats if he won <laughs> in this. If he made it out with the cash. It would just be $600 million of hats. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> Gruber's hats. But he wouldn't sell any of them because he'd just be so happy to have them. Well, my favorite character is actually Gruber. He's great. I love a good villain, as we've discussed many times. You do, too. Yes. But I also love any Alan Rickman anything. Sure. Whether it's a bad guy, a good guy, a medium guy. <laughs> He's he was excellent. You know, the other one I always think about with him as the villain is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh yeah, That's... so scary. He scared me in that. He's terrifying. Yeah, I I great love actor. him in that. I mean, Snape. Of he's, course, he's a great Snape. Yeah, and then his good guy roles, Colonel Brandon and Sense and Sensibility, mm-hmm. Primo. Yeah. Love, love actually. Love actually. Act, right. I thought we were going to say it together. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, love actually. Yeah. Yeah, he's not good in that he's and very he's mean. good at he's being like he disappoints you yeah he does because you're like all oh, right alan rickman you're like alan rickman you cheated you're on like your how wife. could you do this to us alan rickman how could you do that to emma thompson alan rickman <laughs> why'd you do it well you should have given her the necklace alan rickman and my work friend jordan uh her husband always says that they will watch Love Actually and then watch Die Hard after. Mm-hmm. So that when they watch Love Actually and they get disappointed that, that that Alan Rickman cheats on his wife, they then get to watch him fall off Nakatomi Tower. <laughs> I love that be logic. Punished. Bravo. So I think that's brilliant. Hats off. Hats off to that. That's Way amazing. to go, yeah. Mark. I'm sure you're listening. So You guys are heroes. You guys made me laugh super hard with yeah. that. <laughs> it's a great idea. Um, it's a great idea. But yeah, Gruber is a great villain. Mm-hmm. Um, he's German. Germans are so evil. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do think it's funny that we have like several Axis powers here. Oh. We have, like, Germany and then Japan, but the, the Japanese own Nakatomi Tower, obviously. Okay. And they're, like, the good guys, but then you still have this bad guy who's German. Wow. I never... See, look at that. <laughs> I mean, you got all these boobs. I, and I never read the book. I know nothing about the book. Yeah, it's based on a book, which mm-hmm. is insane. Right. I didn't know that until today. Isn't it called, like, 60 Minutes to Live? Or did I just no, make that up? You made it up. Or si- 60... Forget it. <laughs> it's Forget not called it. that. It's called something. It's called a uh, couple couple of dudes in a building. No, it's ba- it's by this guy named Roderick Thorpe, which is an extremely manly name. Yeah, yeah, that's like a James Bond villain. He basically had to write a movie or a book that was super hard boiled. Yeah, yeah, because he has this name. He was a detective novel writer, so yeah. he would write these kind of, I guess, kind of pulpy type detective books Mm -hmm. and one of them was uh this one that die hard is is based off of and the character in that was named john or no joe leland so joe leland okay but uh and in the book he's like going to see his daughter who is named Gennaro, but i think it's stephanie Gennaro. okay um and 
uh, different things happen. It doesn't follow the, uh, <clears throat> it doesn't follow the book exactly. Nothing lasts forever. That's oh, my God. That. What was I talking I about? I don't know, but it's good. <laughs> it's called, uh, you know, but Skyscraper he... Blues. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better title. Yeah, right. You should call this guy's, like, uh, whoever handles his business now. <laughs> Christmas business party. But, yeah, cocaine. apparently, I guess I there was a previous book with this Joe Leland that they made into a movie. It's called The Detective, mm -hmm. and it starred Frank Sinatra as the detective okay um so that might be interesting to go back and see if that makes you feel anything like um die hard I'd but yeah they out. changed it up a lot but um either way this guy roderick roderick thorpe mm -hmm. um wrote uh nothing lasts forever oh and so he was born in the bronx and then he passed away in oxnard california so yeah he he made that that journey he, he came made over the here. coastal east to west journey much like us huh? um but yeah so that's the interesting thing with that guy i mean this does not seem like a movie that was based on a book like no, at all not I've even ever, close i was like what yeah but i think that's interesting and i actually like reading books like that so i i could see myself going and finding this book and reading it what's your favorite do you have a favorite scene from the movie you, you know this movie just everything builds i feel like this this movie is a single unit i don't feel like i really have anything that i want to break apart and say this is it i uh, it's difficult i agree with you I, I it is a really well-crafted suspense movie and in that respect, it is hard to punch it into, like, little boxes. Well, it's just the things that I think about are the lines. I think about more of the one-liners than the scenes. And, and, like, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I like that part. Um, well, what's your favorite line? My f <laughs> We're going to need some more FBI guys, I guess. <laughs> you know, that was, uh, it was Paul Gleason, and I believe his name is Dwayne T. Robinson. But yeah, I, I love that. And then... Um, Basically, the context of that is that this FBI helicopter is trying to go up to the roof to, like, shoot people or something. Yeah, they have a thing set up so that they can uh, they can snipe. Yeah. Yeah. And then they blow up. Yeah, because the... Off, the helicopter, like, flies off the building. Because terrorists have rigged... See, I just called them terrorists. They rigged the uh, the roof to explode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> after they blow up and die, it's like very deadpan. I guess we're going to need some more FBI guys. I guess. I love the I guess. I have a couple of scenes that I do feel like I could like crack out and okay. say that I like them. One of them is the, we've kind of referenced it before, the talk between... Uh, McLean and Powell. I really love Powell, by the way. Yeah, but Reginald, that... Reginald Bill Johnson is awesome. He's he is. wonderful in this. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the book, I do remember this part. In the book, that guy's supposed to be like a 22-year-old police officer. No way. So I, I prefer this version. Me too. Of, and, and Bill Johnson is so great. 
Um, and the scene where the two of them are talking and Powell kind of reveals that he's afraid to use his gun and that's why he's a desk duty type officer now mm -hmm. because he accidentally shot this kid. Very powerful scene and um, pertinent nowadays, obviously, too, when you have, you know, all these issues with, you know, police shootings and the line of duty, not knowing if, you know you had a reason or you didn't have a reason and you know just the pressure that a police officer could be under mm -hmm. to make that kind of a decision and then how that would affect them afterwards yeah in a really sensitive way i think this is handled um and and i think that it's good i really enjoyed the way vel johnson played it and of course he gets to step in and be the hero at the end of the movie when i think good enough is that uh uh, Carl. Carl. When Carl like ends up not being dead, and get, and gets up to make the last shot at Bruce Willis, Powell is able to shoot him. He's able to, you know, pull his gun again, mm -hmm. um, and 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 shoot Carl and save the day. It's yeah, it's great because the, you have these characters that have the these little arcs like Argyle, yeah. the limo driver. You know, yeah. we have him. You know, he comes in and he brings McLean to Nakatomi and he's like, I'm going to wait. And if things go good with Holly, I'll take off. But if things don't go well, I'll get you. And Argyle ends up stuck in the building because they, they lock the gate. And uh, at the end of the film, when the, one of the villains is trying to escape with the money in a van, Argyle rams that van with his limo. And knocks out the thief. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and then he goes and he drives Holly and John home At to the their end. kids. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, perfect. Argyle is a super supporting hero also. He's great. He's great. Um, and then the other scene that I enjoy is the scene where Ellis gets shot. Um, oh, yeah. Scary. It's a frustrating scene, but mm -hmm. it's a good scene. Because Ellis thinks he's, like, this slick dude that's going to go in and make this business deal. Oh, yeah. And it's not going to happen. Nope. Um, but, you know, Ellis just persists in thinking that it's going to be fine. And, of course, he gets shot in, in the scene because he's not the slick guy that's going to make the terrorist do what he wants. No. So, I love that scene. Alan Rickman is fantastic in that scene. Mm -hmm. And Ellis, who's you know, a pain in the butt, is also, the actor's great. Phenomenal. We wouldn't hate him so much if he wasn't that good. Yeah. He is the epitome of worst. And I also want to talk about my unfavoritist scene, which is when McLean makes the call on the walkie-talkie to the police. Oh, the, the dispatcher. Yeah, yeah, the dispatcher. Okay, yeah. Hey, we got these people. They're holding these people hostage, whatever. And these dispatch people will not listen to him. They're like, this could be a crank call. I wanted to smack these people upside the head. I couldn't believe that. And there's like gunshots and... Yeah, yeah nothing about that it seems like a crank call. Like no. they rip their headsets off because they hear the gunfire. So, I don't know. It's... Maybe I'm being uncharitable. Because maybe these 911 operator dispatcher people receive a whole bunch of weird calls. Very possible. But at the same time, this seemed very credible. It, Yeah, I well, again, we have the benefit of we see what's going on. But if I heard gunshots, 
I, I, I don't think I would have a question. Yeah. It seemed like a credible thing. You heard the thing happening. Yeah. Yeah, it could be some elaborate prank. Sure. But how likely is that compared to the likelihood that it could be real? So, I mean, I wouldn't want to just drop that and be like, eh, it's all fake. Yeah. And I thought those people were too quick to do that. It was hard. It was just adding more trouble, adding more trouble. And that's... And that's what I was supposed to feel. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to be super annoyed. So it worked. Good job. It was great. Well, it's like, it's funny. I'm like, ah, I see it as a whole. Then you talk about all these different scenes and I'm like, oh yeah, right on. Yeah. You know, you are right. There are... There are these pieces that, that you can think about. Well, I mean, again, I, I think that your point still stands, that it it stands as a, the movie stands as a whole, and watching it as a whole has a lot of value, yeah. and, you know, it has a build that happens over the course of it. There's not really any point when that ebbs. You no. don't have any downtime. No, that's, I think that's what it is for me, is, is it is just... We're constantly moving in this movie. Because I don't really think of the scenes that I like as scenes. I think of them more as moments. Like the moment when um, the dead guy comes down the elevator mm. and his shirt is painted and says, Now I have a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. Yeah. Which I was going to say was my favorite line, even though it's not exactly a line. But that it's always it always makes me laugh. I enjoy it. So, did you have any different reactions to the movie this time? When I saw it this time, the real different reaction was to the Christmas party. And, again, having been to company Christmas parties for you, myself, others, and, you know, the wildest things that I've seen not even coming close (laughs) to this party. And, again, you know, just kind of this ho-hum, like, oh, yeah. All right, you know you're yeah. doing blow on my this desk. This is an inappropriate oh, well. moments at this Christmas party. Yeah, that would that would be, yeah, I think that would really be it for me. For me, that. it was mostly just thinking about this as a Christmas movie and just kind of creating that argument again because that's sure. what I was thinking about when we were watching it. Yeah, because I have to say, like before this whole question started being discussed a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. I probably would have said no, this isn't a Christmas movie. Because I don't think about the Christmasiness of it first. Yeah. And maybe that's what people's argument is, is that they think about it as an action movie first, and then the Christmas stuff is just kind of icing on an action movie cake. Yeah. But this time, I really was paying attention in light of thinking, is this a Christmas movie? And thinking that it was Mm -hmm. and really finding other reasons to convince myself that I'm right with my confirmation bias already firmly in place. So (laughs) that was really what I noticed was that they are really doing a lot of Christmas stuff here. It's a very Christmassy movie. They're really putting a lot of Christmas into it. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, okay, this is reaction, but a little different. Uh, We mentioned this. We saw Vigo the Carpathian in the film yes. and he's one of the terrorist thieves and uh neither one of us had ever caught that before no i don't think i had thought of vigo from ghostbusters 2 ghostbusters 2 yes yeah um and you know actually the whole terrorist crew was all really good as well they were scary they were doing well you have that one guy theo 
who's like in charge of busting open the safe. Mm-hmm. And he's weird. He seemed like a character from now. That's what I thought was interesting. Yeah. He felt very modern. Yeah. So I guess that, that did strike me too. I was but like... I also like that even though he was doing kind of computer, like high tech stuff, mm-hmm. it didn't feel like I'm hacking now. And then like types really fast on a computer keyboard for like 10 minutes. <laughs> like every other computer based hacking movie yeah um, it's just that he wasn't doing that it seemed like he was actually doing stuff mm-hmm. but he had he did have that kind of flip attitude very funny very quick everybody yeah. in this is really quick on their feet yeah it was just really well cast and just everybody was good um in it and we didn't really say anything about bonnie bedelia but oh best she's fantastic and too. everything she was in a movie called heart like a wheel where she played a female race car driver and she was so, so, so good. She played the mom and the boy who could fly, which was like one of my favorite movies when I was a little, little kid. She's a kick-ass person. Yeah, she she's great. Ass. Oh, so I'm sorry to cut you off. Here's two things I wanted to say. Okay, this is super weird. If you look at Alan Rickman in this movie, Alan Rickman looks like Tom Green. <laughs> He said that, and I was like, ew, and oh, yeah, he does. It blows your mind. It's weird. And then there's also a guy, uh, another terrorist thief, I'm just going to use both, uh, who who works the, the front front gate what oh what is this a club no he's at he's at the front desk he's like replacing the security guard thank you kind of standing in as a security guard yeah and he looks like huey lewis yeah yeah so like when we watched it every time that guy would show up we would sing a different (laughs) huey lewis song just to be in the spirit so if you want to try that next time it adds a ton of fun it's like a drinking game, except it's a singing game where you sing a Huey Lewis song. Different one each time. Each <laughs> Every time. time you see this guy. Yeah. It was really funny. Yeah. And Jimmy uh, Pesto. Oh, from, yeah. Jimmy Pesto from Bob's Burgers, which is my favorite, one of my favorite TV shows, is a cartoon character who really looks like Huey Lewis. Mm-hmm. Like Huey Lewis, if you're listening, make a call to your lawyer. <laughs> No, please don't, because I want Bob's Burgers to stay on. Bob's Burgers but, you is know, fun. Yeah. Jimmy Pesto, the security guard terrorist, Huey Lewis. Have we seen them all in the same room at the same time? They could be the same person. We have not. I mean, now that would be quite the reveal. <laughs> that would be quite the reveal. But yeah, so. And Huey Lewis, the best. It's funny how everything kind of is yeah. tying together. Yep, because we talked a lot of Huey Lewis. On our Back to the Future episode. Yeah, yep. This is just morphing into an all Huey Lewis podcast. That's that's really what this is about. Uh, it's going to be called the Power of Love podcast. We've drawn you in thinking that we were going to talk about comfort films. And now we're going to pull the old switcheroo <laughs> and just go full Huey Lewis. The comfort Huey Lewis in the news podcast. <laughs> no, you got to work on that. Yeah, I got I to gotta truncate Work that. on the title. Yeah, yeah. So, do you have any other thoughts? Anything else that we needed to bring up? I don't have. Ramp? Well, just it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> it's a cool movie, dude. It's cool, right? <laughs> That's just, like a major yeah. league thing in Gunner when Charlie Shane says, "It's cool" in the commercial. Keeps us from getting kicked out of our favorite restaurants and shut out at our favorite hotels. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's it. So we're just mixing. We're all, all our, our media here. How about you? 
Um, no, I don't think so. I just I wanted to make sure we talked Bonnie Bedelia's coolness. Yes. Um, I just want to actually before we stop talking about about her coolness, mm-hmm. say that it's really great that they picked a female actor who was so strong because she really stands up to Bruce Willis. And she also, we didn't mention Thornburg, also stands up to William Atherton. Yes. Who is Thornburg. Well, and she gives Gruber some lip, too. So this is like a tough lady. Like, she's not backing down. And she faces off against Atherton and Die Hard 2 again. So that's like her, like, recurring villain. Well, and also, I mean, this is pretty advanced portrayal. Because the whole, you know, scenario of the movie mm-hmm. is that she has moved to the West Coast alone with the kids. Yep. Left Bruce Willis. They're separated because she has like this half hour job at this super company and they really trust her and they really put a lot of faith in her abilities. Yeah. And then like John McClane's kind of like being a D. And it's like, oh, she's got a job. Oh. And then it's like, like, oh, my wife is trying to work and stuff. Right. And you're like, what? And then that comes again. This goes back to the Bruce Willis acting. He breaks down when he yes. thinks he's going to die. Talking to Al. Tell my wife, you know, I love yeah. her. I, and know. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, And, you know, but I, I think that's really cool. I think it was super cool that you have like this working woman. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, she's also in a relationship, like, she's a mom. She kind of is doing everything. And she punches out Thornburg. <laughs> yes. And like, wow, yes. Her employers recognize her efforts. Boy, I've, that's like a fantasy movie. It's We've an gone into the fantasy, fantasy realm. How many jobs have I had where, you know, I'm working my behind off and I don't get recognized? I want this for you. <laughs> I want you to punch out Thornburg. And save the day. I wonder if Nakatomi Corp is hiring. Yeah, but like, <laughs> let's steer clear of the Christmas party. Yeah, you know? agreed. Yeah. So what food would you use to describe Die Hard? I would say a lava cake. A lava cake? Yes. All right. You know? I love lava cakes. Now I want to go get one. Right? Because that's what I thought about. Like that, you know, I thought about the holidays. You're going to have something sweet. So you get that spongy outside and you get that gooey center, mm. you know? And so it's like we have like the fun of the action movie, right? And then we like, we're like, oh, let's get a bite of this good spongy cake. And we mm-hmm. get in there and then there's like that chocolate blast and you're like, oh! <laughs> chocolate blast. <laughs> You're making it sound a lot more exciting to eat a lava cake than it really is. Well, that's how I feel about Die Hard. That's how I feel about lava cake. It's a lava cake chocolate blast. It's an adventure. And it's, yeah, it's so good. It's so sugary, sweet, and satisfying. And yeah, it's it's perfect. It's perfect. Well, my pick is super different. I would pick sushi. Woo! um, I love sushi. First of all, we have the connection with Nakatomi Mm -hmm. Corp. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Japanese food, Japanese company. I'm sure they had sushi at the Christmas party. I would have eaten all of it. <laughs> well, and sushi is a food that I didn't really care about one way or the other for mm. many years. Okay. Until you and I started going out. And then you're like, you gotta eat the sushi. And I'm kind of like, mm, eh, I don't know. <laughs> but it turns out I love it. And I think it's great. And we love to go out and have sushi a few times a year. 
So, Die Hard, same thing for me as sushi. What? Nice connection. Yeah. That's like synergy. Metaphors. Yeah. Metaphors, similes, English majors. This so, is what I do. Yes. Not for a living, because nobody wants to pay me for it. <laughs> but on the podcast. <laughs> you will have major success. Yes. Yes. We'll keep thinking that. I believe it. All right, guys. So I think that's it for us with a Die Hard. Yes. I hope that you've enjoyed your time with us and uh, that you are firmly in the Die Hard as a Christmas movie camp now. Yes, we hope you're on our team. <laughs> or if you're not, let us know why. Send us a message. Um, go on our Instagram, Comfort Films Podcast, or our Facebook. Um, we are going to be doing a website pretty soon. Um, so once we have that up, we'll share it with you. And we'll have some opportunities um, for commenting and chatting and doing different um, discussions offline mm -hmm. um, there. But yeah, if you have any thoughts about uh, Die Hard or Die Hard is a Christmas movie, feel free to come onto our Instagram, comment. Um, we have some funny stuff up there. John's been uh, madly posting memes. <laughs> so if you need a daily laugh uh, themed around a comfort film of the week, then come on over and say hello to us there and enjoy that. Um, next week, we're going to continue the Christmas spirit with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yes. Another favorite. The Griswolds. Certainly a family favorite in my family. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure in yours, too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we are happy to see you next week and talk about that then. So between now and then, give it a rewatch. Yeah. And roll up uh, a chair and listen to us next Friday with Christmas Vacation. Thanks for joining us. Yes. And stay comfy. Stay comfy, everybody. <laughs>